This is the Ask a Death Doula podcast, a platform of free education on how to have the best end-of-life experience possible by knowing how to live your best life now. With experienced hospice, oncology, and wellness nurse, Suzanne B. O'Brien. and welcome to Ask a Death Doula. My name is Suzanne O'Brien. As you can see, we have a little bit of a different background for our Ask a Death Doula today. And again, I really wanted to give you a beautiful background. Um, It's a little bit tricky. So we're coming to you live from Florida. And yeah, I really would love to give you a better background, but I also want to stay in the most light. Maybe that'll work. Okay, let's try it. So my name is Suzanne O'Brien. We're coming to you live from Florida. And this is your Ask a Death Doula podcast. We are going to go over all of the highlights from the last 10 days on what I'm now thinking in terms of, it's like a little tour because we went all the way from the West Coast in San Francisco with the doula givers team for international doula givers and did a training, then flew from San Francisco to Orlando, Florida to present at the NHPCO conference about end-of-life doulas and how end-of-life doulas can work within hospice care. So it was an ex- like a super exciting Um, 10 days now, and I'm just sort of catching up on all of the things that I have to do with meetings and also reflecting on the amazing um, journey that these past 10 days have been for the movement. And I want to share with you that inside look and some of the highlights, some of the incredible um, events that I went to and people that I got to work with and meet. So let's begin. We started out going to San Francisco for the Reimagine Festival, and that is the festival for reimagining end of life. And it was co-founded by Brad Wolf, and he is absolutely amazing. I'm gonna put all the links to the people that I mentioned in this podcast um, down below when uh, the recording comes out. So I'm gonna let you be able to reach out to each one and find out more about them if they, if you so wish. So we started out the Reimagine Festival, which is Reimagining End of Life. Um, it's a festival that goes on twice a year now. It probably will be more in New York and or San Francisco, California. Events for a whole week long, all different relating to end of life and making end of life better for all. Pretty incredible. So let's start with that. So we offered a free level one end-of-life doula training out in San Francisco. It was co-hosted by Elizabeth Wong, who's San Francisco doula giver. So she's a doula giver um, for us. And she put that together with the Sequoias and AARP was a co-sponsor. And it was amazing. So I'll be posting those pictures from that event as soon as I get all, probably get back to New York and get everything um, organized and situated. But this event, Reimagine, is really incredible. And it, again, I feel like anything that helps us to engage in this conversation about end of life, something that will 
touch each and every one of us is really important, whichever way you come to that. If you are just um, somebody who is wanting to engage your family in the conversation, if you are somebody who's a practitioner, if you are a social worker, if you are um, you know, somebody who is in a religious organization, it doesn't matter, culture, religion, political party, we are all touched by this and we need to make it better for each and every one of us. Right now it's not going as well as it should. So Reimagine Festival is that. I'm actually hearing a little bit of feedback and noise, so I'm gonna see if we can kind of take a walk and move a bit. Um, there must be something that comes on here. I don't know if you can hear it, but I can hear it. So I'm gonna kind of walk us over to another little section um, so come take a tour with me. So you get to see a little bit more of Florida here. And again, I'm like kind of crashing on the upstairs of a beautiful area where I think it's much different at happy hour <laughs> than it is right now. So here we go. Um, okay, so at Reimagine, it was amazing. And let me share with you some of the people that we got to meet. So. I flew in on Wednesday and I was um, by my team. My team is National Doula Givers Foundation and Jenna Willard. You familiar with doula givers, you know these two, two absolutely phenomenal women who are a major part of the doula givers. Uh, and so they were already out in San Francisco. And I, Normally, I try after you know a long flight, my focus is the training. I try not to spread myself too thin. Remember how self-care and balance is something that we preach a lot and talk a lot about the importance of. But you know what? I felt all right. And they told me that there was um, a Lua Arthur was going to be there and, and Michael Hebb um, and some other panelists was actually called Death FAQ. And I felt good and I said, let me get freshened up, get a cup of coffee <coughs> and we'll head on over. So that is what we did. And it was an event run by and put together by Michael Hebb, who is the founder of Death Over Dinner. You might've heard of that organization. And it had a great, a great panel. And it was such a gift to be able to listen to brilliant progressive thinkers and be in that space together. So I wanna highlight some of that event and also talk about a few of the people that were there, like Brad Wolf, co-founder of Reimagine, getting to hear him, his parents were there, um, getting to talk with his, his dad. You know, there's something really special about that moment. Um, so Reimagine is a nonprofit social organization talking about, um, again, everyone is trying to say, how do we get people to talk about this subject? And I'm met with so many blocks in every direction that people are saying they just won't, people just don't want to talk about death. Projection. Three years from now, you're going to have death in our normal daily conversation. I know that sounds a little bit weird, but wait a minute, Let, let's talk about it. Um, one of our gra doula graduates who did an amazing TED Talk, Jane Whitlock, she did a great TED Talk. She's a wonderful speaker and she talks about death and she's very, very funny. And she's like, 
um, it's, it's all around. You know, you go out into nature and you see, um, you know, dying nature, you see dying animals, maybe on the road or whatever. And she's like, and you look at your dinner plate and there's death. And it was very funny. She gets a good reaction, but she's not wrong. She is not wrong. So there's death on your dinner plate. So the plants that we have on our dinner plate, the, um, if you have meat or fish or some kind of, you know, any, you look at your dinner plate, you look at our meals and there's, there's death there. So for us to, um, think again, you know, not talking about it, keeping it at bay is going to, uh, save us or stave it off or whatever. And at the end of the day, my whole thing is, do we really need to be that fearful of this thing called death that all of us, 100%, will be experiencing, not just with our family, but our friends and ourselves. I don't think so. And if anyone can come to me, and I'm very open, if you can come to me and say, I know why we should be completely fearful of death and run the other way, please let me know. Because I have worked on this as a hospice and oncology nurse to try and find out what that palpable fear is of death, and I can't find anything. So for me, coming to the conclusion that almost it is the fact that our time is up and that we didn't live fully. So really hold on to that because at the end of today's podcast, I want to give you more palm tree there. At the end of today's podcast, we're going to actually talk about the richness of life and how can we capitalize on that. So any which way that we can get people to engage in this topic of death, something that will touch us all, is needed. So Reimagine Festival is all about that. Death Over Dinner, all about that. Death Cafes, all about that. So it's very, very important that we have these social outlets that are, again, meeting us in the middle. Like when you have Death Over Dinner, the, the point of that is the nutritious factor, the breaking bread. All of us eat dinner. It's a beautiful place to come together with a meal, nourish, and have intellectual conversation. And that's the premise of death over dinner and it works so you have a dinner and you approach this topic and somehow it neutralizes the sting of it the pain of it that same thing with death uh, cafes that was the premise of bernard critaz who started it he was a swiss sociologist who decided he goes how and this is a long time ago he said how can we get people to talk about death and he said i know he goes we're going to have them at we're going to have these get-togethers at funky cafes, drink coffee, have, have cake, I'm in, and um, talk about death. So he says, nourishing the body, talking about something that's scary neutralizes it. So it's all the same goal that we're all trying to get to is talk about this subject that has been closeted and the closeting of it, the actual denial of it, is the cause of so much more suffering attached to it. It's as simple as that. For those of us who have worked in the space or had the experiences um, and been privileged enough to have some positive experiences, super important for us to share how death can be a sacred, beautiful experience. It is absolutely so hard. 
but it is it can be a sacred beautiful experience what are the elements that can make it so and the first one is acknowledging it not not when we're there way beforehand living with that awareness so brad wolf reimagine founder michael hebb founder of death over dinner amazing people these were the people on the panel and alua arthur so Alou is a lawyer turned activist, end of life activist. She's an end of life doula. Um, she sits on the board of NIDA, which is the National End of Life Doula Alliance. She just has such a shine to her um, energetically. She's a beautiful woman, very intelligent, great speaker. And you just feel better like around people. She happens to be one of them that just brightens up the whole place. So being able to be in a, I've worked with her on boards for a very, um, in fact, I'm on the NHPCO council with, it, with um, Alua right now. And I was on NIDA, I was the vice president of NIDA with her on it. And um, so, yeah, we're on meetings like this, but to actually physically be in the same place as people today, especially, is so rare and such a treat. So hearing them answer questions that they had people write in about death, it's called Death FAQ. And a lot of them were really great. I did a whole podcast from San Francisco on that. So if you're curious about those questions and how that went, and I also got to do it with Don Whalen and Jenna Willard. <clears throat> we did we did like a um, kind of like a mini version of it the next day. We talked about it, how great the event was. And we also went over the questions that they had asked. And then we expanded on what our answers would be. And it, it's really very interesting and quite beautiful. So those are the three people I want to highlight that were there. There was a palliative care doctor there who's amazing, um, a man there who a better place um, where for end of life options, meaning your ashes are, um, can be dispersed in um, protected forest ground. So again, we'll be sharing that information and we did a whole podcast on that. So that was the event that I got to go to in San Francisco for Reimagine the first night. Oh, and that night at the end, I got to meet Ken Ross in person. So again, a lot of people I've spoken to on the phone, on the online, um, emails, and then Ken Ross was there. And his mother is Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who to me and to many of us is the founder, the original end of life doula. Her courage and her work that she did years ago, lay down, I mean, years ago, planted the seeds for all of this that you're seeing now. And to be able to honor her and talk about her and credit her with how we're able to have a movement that is having such magnitude globally um, is just incredible. So I've, I had um, in nursing school on my path, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and her work had a huge impact on me and giving me strength and courage to advocate for patients and stand up for them. Um, and she's just amazing. So to meet her son, who's the president of her foundation, was such an honor in person. And a lot of you know that we have World Training Day, which are with our nonprofit, International Doula Givers Foundation. Every year, we will do a week-long training all over the world, give free trainings from doula givers, for family caregivers to communities 
to change end of life for the better, to empower people with those skills again, to share with them the positive stories that can be um, experienced at end of life. And this year, April 20th, 2020 is World Training Day. It's the whole week long. We are so privileged to be able to honor the and celebrate the work and the legacy of Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. And we will be working closely with Ken Ross to be sharing that. So to meet him in person was really exciting. So that was the first night I was there. Then let's go to our event. So on Friday, we did a level one, a free level one end of life doula training for San Francisco. And it was people all different backgrounds, chaplains, um, people working in medical, um, people from the community, everyone. And so we're going to share all about that, pictures from it. And again, if you have taken the level one from doula givers, you know the, the beauty, the, the human um, connection that flows through that whole entire training of compassion and kindness and unity. So it's always wonderful to be able to give those in person. And so we did that on Friday. And then Saturday, took a flight from there to Orlando to be at NHPCO. So I highlighted the amazing people and the beautiful work that's done in Reimagine um, that we met. And again, I'm going to link, I'm going to put their names down below. So if you want to pursue further their, their backgrounds and who they are, you can do that. So then we went to NHPCO, the End of Life Doula Council. So I am a member a founding member of the council for NHPCO, which is NHPCO, if you don't know, is a non-profit membership organization. It's the membership organization for all of the hospices throughout the country. So as you can very well see that super important that we connect and identify the death doula, end-of-life doula role and the benefits that hospice um, can have with having end-of-life doulas. I'm going to take a walk again because I hear some music playing and splashing in the pools. So if you don't mind, and that's beauty of live thing. We're going to kind of head over here again. Having members and I was accompanied by Deanna Cochran from Quality of Life Care and Henry Fursco Weiss from Manelda. And I have to tell you, I have such respect and like so many of these people um, that I get to work with. They are working so hard in this movement and have done such great work to make positive change moving forward in this space, to be in a room with them, to be able to present with them, to be peers with them, colleagues, is such an honor and I like them. They're good, good people. So it was a beautiful day and the presentation was received wonderfully. So we are making huge strides. There were so many questions from hospices about how they can utilize doulas. I think that they all get it. They all know that the doula is going to be the answer to the gaps in care, in support, in having those good end of lives. They can't fix it from the inside, so they know that 
It has to come from the outside. They want to know that they can trust us, that doulas are trained, but they're also trying to figure out how to use them. Do they hire a doula? Do they put a doula volunteer group together? Do they put, um, do they re have referrals to doulas in the community? The third one is the one that I like the best that I think is the easiest answer for them. Um, so they, they're just trying to figure out their footing on how to use them and, and to learn more about the doula role. Super exciting response. Um, it, is, it is all happening. So at that conference, there were so many hospices and so many events. And I got to meet Barbara Carnes in person, who is, again, um, somebody who I admire so much for the impact and the positive work that she has done for end-of-life education. I will put her name and link below. Um, we will also have her as a guest on this podcast. I'm looking a little dark behind there, and I want to kind of come out to you a little bit lighter before that sun's hitting a little bit better. Barbara Carnes was somebody that we met at the conference, and what an honor and a privilege that was because if you don't know about her, she has been doing end-of-life education for so very long and has made such a huge impact. So again, I'm, I want to highlight people that we had the pleasure of meeting during that conference and also the positive effects of that conference. Barbara Carnes there. And then again, Ken see conference um, to the presentation, got to spend some time afterward. The future is so bright. The future is so bright for this movement that in a few years from now, it's not even going to be a question of trying to explain end-of-life doulas. You're going to have them everywhere. So I'm still in Florida. <laughs> As you can see, and the reason for that is a couple of things. So the reason for that is that I have so many online classes that I'm teaching, presentations, and meetings that I couldn't find a window of a whole entire day to actually travel and fly back to New York City. The other reason, and it might be more important or equally so, is that I talk about balance and self-care for the doula. I'm the worst, by the way, and I'm talking to myself. When you're an end-of-life doula and you work in this space, it is very difficult. It's very intense. It's very stressful at times, but the most rewarding thing and a calling. So you are called to do this, but you have to put it into practice in the healthiest way. And that starts at the very beginning with good boundaries and good practice. And I don't mean boundaries that you're immune to, you turn off your feelings, you're working with families, you're just going through the motions. Absolutely not. You would not be an effective end-of-life duel if you did so. However, you're experiencing that loss as well. You're experiencing the intensity of these end-of-life experiences and it's affecting your energy field and your being. And you have to have a very healthy way to reprocess to care for yourself, to have downtime. So after, and that was very intense going from California to um, Florida, time differences. You know, I didn't get to Florida to my hotel till like 1.30 a.m. I'm not good when I lose sleep. I don't know about you when it's all off kilter. Um, you can burn yourself out. So because those things were scheduled, I didn't have a lot to um, control about that, but I did have time to control about what I did prior to coming, which is always a little busy before you go away, and what I'm doing now. And not that, believe me, I'm not sipping my ties and 
and singing karaoke, although that sounds super good. <laughs> That's not what I'm doing. But I am going to get a few hours, hopefully, today to sit in the sun by the pool and read a book. Um, and that really is great. And tomorrow will be one meeting and a little easier, and then I fly home Saturday. So it's mandatory to schedule these type of things in for you and your practice as well. You have got to have self-care as part of your weekly routine or else you're going to burn out and get sick. Okay, so we had incredible meetings. We met incredible people that were, there's lots of talks and I don't wanna announce anything 100% um, yet that's still in the works of being talked about, but there's so much exciting stuff coming your way. So many collaborations, so many people in the training and the, the pioneer part of this unifying and coming together for um, presentations and collaborations and really just showing by example the unity of the movement and making the difference. And that's what, where it happens. The magic happens when we come together. So again, honored to be in this space with so many people and we'll be posting all of them down below so you can follow through. Okay, I wanna see if there's any questions. We are on live. So let me just see, um, okay. So can you tell me if you can hear okay? Because somebody was mentioning, and you know, sometimes the, the sound might have gone in and out depending on where I have really good internet connection. I'm gonna reach over and grab my coffee, pardon me. Um, so just if someone could put in that you can hear okay. Oh, there you go. Maybe this will help. Maybe this will help that when I was walking and, and doing that the connection might've got a little loose. So if you can just say if you can hear okay, I'd really appreciate that. Oh, Snowy Rochester, thank you so much. So thank you for saying that. And it's really hard for me to picture that winter is going on, that it is winter and I get it. So um, I can't believe it's snowing, but yes. And then I was told that when I come home to New York um, to expect it to get really cold. And I said, what does that mean? And they said 30 degrees and I was like, Snow can happen at that time. And they said, yes, all okay here in snowy Rochester. Yes, I figured out sound. Okay, so sometimes it is your computer and that is all good. It's just, again, the kind of um, little elements to doing live events and online is that there are little technical things. Sometimes you have to reboot your computer, work on your sound, but I'm glad that you've got it. So good, if you have any questions, put them in the question box. Let me talk to you about really what I want to hone into. We're doing, we're working now on putting together the top 13 life lessons from end of life patients. I've been working in this field for over a decade and I've worked with so many people from different countries, different cultures, different backgrounds, and the same themes would come up. The same aha moments, not for everyone by the way, but when they did have them, the same themes would come up about what they understood now about life, what they wish they knew when they were able to be embraced in their life, what they want us to know as they're leaving a gift to those remaining. So I'm putting together the top 13 life lessons from end of life patients that they want us to know. And I wanna to talk to you about one that is super important, possibly the most important one. And there's gonna be a lot to this, but it is 
The number, I want to share with you the number one regret of the dying patient is that they wish they had had the courage to live the life they knew they were meant to live. Really, really important for us to understand this. To live our truth. To live our true self and to live our calling. And so I'm going to do a bit of teaching right now about what what that means and how do I know what my truth is? And then I'm going to share with you the free um, webinars that are going to be focusing just on the beauty and value and richness of the life's journey. So the easiest way for me to explain to you about, we talk many times in doula givers about we're holistic beings. And hospice is a holistic model of care, treating the whole person. And that is something that resonated with me before I ever became a hospice nurse because yes, of course, we're whole beings. We're not just physical beings. As medical professionals, you can't just give a medication or patch up a wound. It's so much, diff it's so much more than that. The emotional component, the mental component, the spiritual component. So we talk a lot about that in doula givers. So let me just show you where you might be able to differentiate how you find who you truly are. What does it, what is my authentic self look like? And it gets a little complicated, you know, because I don't think that we're, we're not privy to this kind of information growing up or privy to this kind of learning. Um, a lot of us have to go seek it out and usually it's at that kind of midlife area where we're questioning, where we're searching for more, where we're saying, is this it? Or where we're saying we want to be part of something much bigger, giving back now. It's not really all about me. So you have four bodies of energy that consist of who you are. Physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. All these bodies of energy are equally as important and need to be in balance to be in wellness. But we don't see the spiritual, we don't see the mental, um, we really see the physical, we know the mental because it's our mind, but we don't see the emotional, we don't see those things, so a lot of times we don't value or count them. And they are so important, equally as important to that physical, wonderful vehicle that you're walking around with, you know, calling Suzanne. So here's where the clarity comes in with this, is that when you are, when you are born, you usually, um, and that's the richness of babies and children are so wonderful to be around. They are so honest. They don't have the conditioned mind programmed. Although it's starting, they don't have the conditioned mind programmed. There's a purity to it. In fact, I was listening to Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's video. She's on our, we have her a video on worldtrainingday.org. And I was listening to her and talking to Oprah. And she says that end of life, people at the end of life will tell the truth. She said that they are the only people that tell the truth. Because they, honestly, they have nothing to gain by sharing their perspective. They're not trying to sell you anything. They're not trying to convert you. They are simply, honestly sharing from their true 
yourself because you come back to your true energy self um, as you go towards your leaving, departing this physical world. So they kind of get stepped more into that truth. So she said, at the end of life, we'll tell the truth. She said, and children, and she said psychotic patients. She was a psychiatrist. Very funny. I'm trying to think of the patients that I've had that have been psychotic and... I haven't had a lot of experience, obviously, with lengthy stays with them, so I can't really um, say that I have experienced fully that, but um, definitely children, 100,000%, and definitely end-of-life patients. I totally understand what she's saying. So she talks about that they will tell you the truth, and that's where these 13 life lessons from them are going to be extremely invaluable to us that are living. And so when you are born come out and you're still in that beautiful, pure, loving, energetic place, but you start to identify who you are, what things mean. Um, you know, again, unfortunately, there's a condition, there are conditions on things where we're supposed to act a certain way, look a certain way, make a certain amount of money, have certain titles that we're told bring us value. Okay, so that's where we derail. Not to say those things aren't good. The money thing that's, that opens doors for you or allows you to do more things to help other people or whatever opportunity, money itself can be a very tricky thing. It can be a power thing and, you know, the root of all evil is money. I strongly believe uh, uh, in part of that. So you have to be super careful about funny and that type of thing. However, titles and education and labeling and what you look like, if you identify your value, if you attach your value, which we're told, our whole life is told that that's the value. That's what makes you valuable. All of those things, which are completely 100% of the conditioned mind. So let's break it down. That is called the little I. The big I, I am, who am I, is who you are, authentically are in your purest form of your soul energy before any of that conditioning came in. My personal philosophy is that the whole journey of life, because you often say, okay, what is the point of life? What are, you know, and I think we're looking for that. The whole point of the life's journey is to get to that truth, to get back to that truth of knowing who you truly are while you still are in the physical form with the personality, with your physical body, but that does not define you. And when you can line up your soul's purpose and energy in alignment with your personality and work forward hand in hand, be of service, to give back, to do your life's work within that, the expansion of consciousness. Um, super powerful. So make that again clear. And we'll really expand on this. I'll, I'll share with you a webinar that you can go to. You have to understand sometimes when you have a thought, and this is going to take practice, when you have a thought or an inclination about something, you want to check in with yourself or the big eye. The ego, little eye, is the one that 
is always wanting to be in control, powerful, get more, always telling you that you're not enough, that somebody else is gonna beat you to it, wants to always have you in fear mode. Um, and that I think is again, one of the main reasons that you're seeing what you're seeing in the world is the ego, the mental, because people don't know this information. They don't understand that you have different energies that make up you and they're all living, they're being ruled by the analytical mental conditioning, which is causing us to bomb each other, which is causing us to point fingers to separate which is causing us to feel threatened by other people. So we'll do horrible things to get ahead. So if we can understand what the big picture is, and if you can understand how to pull, step back, it, be still, really think to yourself, what is the next thing that I want to do? And where is that? direction coming from? Is it coming from fear and ego? Hurry up. I need to do this. I need more. I need to be first. I don't want to fall behind. Um, or is it coming from a genuine large eye of who you are? And you know how you know the difference? Because when it's coming from the large eye, it feels so easy and good and synchronicity. When it's coming from the little eye, you feel agitated, you feel off kilter, you feel anxious. So we're gonna practice on this. So that might have been the first time that you might be hearing some of this, and it could be a whole lot to hear that. Um, so we're so this is Ask a Death Doula. And so if you have any questions on that, you can please type them in and share that. But I do want to share with you because that's gonna be one top lessons from the 13 lessons, life lessons from those at end of life is being your authentic self and living the life of purpose that you were put on this earth to live. So finding that, owning that, honoring that and walking forward. But how do you do it? You have to be able to differentiate where your direction, where your directional is pointing from, from where the little eye or the big eye. And again, teaching you how to be able to know the difference of what's talking. So if you have any questions, you can share any comments you can share right now. Um, for me, every, I've been talking about end of life and having it go well and educating and doing all of that for so very long. And it's such an honor and will continue to do so probably till the end of my life. But a big part of having a good end of life is having a good life now. So the whole next Lula Givers is launching that life class, that whole platform in the four bodies of energy on how to lift yourself up vibrationally to the best possible life experience that you can possibly have um, while we're here. Because for me, the people, again, who have had positive end of lives are the ones not many not many have said when they've gotten that terminal diagnosis, that end of life place, have been able to look back at their life and say, okay, that they lived as fully as they could. So for us to have tech. Thanks for listening to another episode of Ask a Death Doula. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a raving review. Subscribe, share, and send your questions. See you in the next episode. Um, that's going to be super exciting. So again, we're going to have a free webinar on Monday night, the 11th, 
And if you sign up for these webinars that are live, you don't have to always make them live. You can get the replay. But we'll be having, offering the life class, the free webinar, um, Monday the 11th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And I'm going to be honing in just on that, just giving you tools on, again, the little eye, the big eye, differentiate, and how you access your big eye. How do you get in touch and get in tune? If you want to think in tune of tuning up. Thanks for listening to another episode of Ask a Death Doula. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a raving review. Subscribe, share, and send your questions. See you in the next episode. Ask the question to yourself and get the big I answer, which will lead you on your path of what you're supposed to be doing, which is a fantastic, fantastic way to live. So I'll post the webinar link to that. Um, and again, I just wanted to come on, thank you, share with you what we've kind of been doing that tour from East Coast, West Coast, sharing with you the amazing people that we've got to meet and be part of. Um, I'll post all their links down below and I'll post the life class link. This is Ask a Death Doula podcast. It comes to you every week. I will do it live either Thursday or Friday, depending on where I'm located in the schedule. Always be posting it in Facebook. Um, and we have some great guests coming up, like Barbara Carnes is going to be on, which I'm so looking forward to. I could probably talk to that woman for 24 hours straight. She is a wealth of information. So if there's any questions, post them now. If not, we're going to be signing off from Florida. And I hope where you are, and I'm sending you lots of love in Rochester with the snow. I'm going to be meeting you soon in the cold. New York City. So thank you all for being here. My name is Suzanne O'Brien. This is Ask a Deaf Doula Podcast, and I will see you all in the next episode. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of Ask a Deaf Doula. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a raving review. Subscribe, share, and send your questions. See you in the next episode.